Um, So the reading this morning comes from Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Uh, We're going to have a couple of our young people now pray, um, picking up this theme of love that we've been looking at this morning. So I think Sam's making his way down from the, uh, the balcony, and Naomi are both going to pray for us. So let me hand you the mic, and um, when one of you finishes, if you can hand it to, to the other one. Let's um, come to the Lord in prayer. Let's, let's pray again. Dear God, thank you for giving us your wonderful creation, and thank you that even though we were still sinners and undeserving of your love, you took the initiative and restored your relationship with us. You did this by sending your one and only Son to die on the cross to save us from our sins. Thank you for giving us your word so we can learn more about you. And thank you for Christian friends who can support us in our walk with you. And then also giving us the Holy Spirit to help us enjoy your love and to help us love others. Dear God, help us to love those that are hard to love and to love other Christians in the church and youth groups and help and that people will see our love for one another and to show and to know God's love for them and be drawn to God. Help us to care for the lonely, the elderly and the lost and our loved, and our loved ones. Help us to be a loving church in the community. Amen. Well, we were talking earlier about what is the difference between the love often as the world sees it, what is the world's definition of love, and um, what is Christian love? How does that differ from our normal understanding of love. We're going to look at a couple of verses from Galatians, which I just read for us earlier on. And that's Galatians 5, 13 and 14. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbour as yourself. So two points I really want to make this morning, briefly. And the first of those is that we've been freed by God to love. Now, if we've been freed, that implies that we must have been slaves to something beforehand. Um, 
a slave has uh, no control over certain aspects of his life. He just has to do things because he's told to do them. And as human beings, there are things where we do them which are like being a slave. We almost have like no control. We're just almost forced automatically to do them. And um, the good thing is that God can free us from them. So what are these things? What does God's love free us from? And it's the things that really just weigh us down, the burdens that we carry around with us. Um, One of those is worry. Uh, Two of the most common worries we might have are, what do I look like? How much time do we spend looking in the mirror in the morning, worrying about, what do I look like? Do I look okay? What will people think about me? If I say something, if I do something, what will people think about me? Are we worried about what people think? Well, God says, I love you anyway. I love you anyway. Whatever you look like, whatever you do or say, I love you. So don't, don't worry. Then there's guilt. I just keep getting things wrong. I, feel, I do these wrong things. I don't want to do them, but I do, and I feel really bad about it. Um, it just weighs me down. Guilt. Well, God says, no, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I'm going to make that forgiveness possible by sending Jesus to take that punishment you deserve for all those things you do wrong. He's going to take it for you. That's how much God, God loves us. I forgive you. Envy. The third. Note the colours there. Green for envy. Um, I just keep wanting more. You know, I just can't help it. I, I was really pleased with my Xbox 360 when I got it, but now my mate's got the Xbox One, and I want that one now. The Xbox 360 is not good enough for me. I, I just always want more. And it doesn't stop when we're children, does it? As we get older, we look at what others have got. We always want, want more. Well, God says, I'll give you all you need. Not all you want, I'll give you all you need. Trust in me. So God frees us from all these things, which are different aspects of sin, really. And um, although they don't make us particularly lovable, these things that we, we have, God still chooses to love us. And he loves us not expecting anything in return from us, because um, he loves us anyway. This is what 1 John says. It says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins, all those three things we just mentioned. So to be freed by God's love is to have all that unsatisfying stuff just removed from our lives and replaced by God's love, which fills us up to overflowing. So it's not like we decide one day, right, today, I'm really going to be loving. Um, Because we always struggle to do that well, won't we? As we have God's love filling us up, it removes these things and makes it natural for us to to be loving. Let me just give you an illustration of that. I brought a little um, bucket along with me uh, this morning. Tried to clean it out before I came so I don't uh, get anything dirty in this nice new building. And we've got a little hose here as well. Now, let me, let me just take those uh, things we've been talking about. The worry. Now imagine that the worry is here in the bucket. The bucket is our life. And part of our life is filled with worry. There's the guilt. That's in there as well guilt's in there, and there's the, the envy. Trouble with computers, you don't get any satisfaction anymore, do you, of uh, screwing up bits of paper and chucking them in a bin. Right, you've got those three things in there. Now imagine we attach our lives to God's love. This goes to God, 
That is a, a tap which never stops pouring water forward. And we put the hose in the bucket. Now what is going to happen to those three bits of paper, if I, it's a physics experiment, this one, isn't it? And if I turn the water on, younger guys, what is going to happen to those three bits of paper? Anybody want to tell me? Come on, shout out, any of you younger guys? Yes, up the top there. They'll get wet and start falling apart. Not quite the answer I was looking for, it's a good answer. But um, before they get wet and start falling apart, as the water goes in, what happens to the bits of paper? Anybody? They're all thinking about it. Yeah, go for it. They will float, won't they? They'll float to the top, and as the water fills the bucket, what is eventually going to happen to them? Yes, at the back there, Aaron. They will fall out, won't they? The water will rise, they'll be floating on the top, and they will fall out. And if the hose stays on, what is going to happen to all the water that's filling the bucket? It's going to overflow, isn't it? It's going to overflow. And that is like God's love. It fills us up. It gets rid of all that horrible stuff we've been talking about. And it carries on overflowing. So the love comes from us, out of us, to those around us. That is the way God's love works. It gives us that lasting satisfaction. So we are free then to love others. So just as we've understood that God loves us even though we're not particularly lovable, um, even though he doesn't expect anything in return, that is how we can love others, even if they're not lovable, and even if we don't get anything in return from them. So you guys, younger guys, when you invite your friends to your birthday parties, don't think, if I invite them, I could get an invite back to their really exciting party. Or if you give them a really big present, don't think, well, I gave them a massive present. Um, and all they gave me was just a little thing. You know, think just about the love you can show them, not expecting anything in return. So God has freed us to love. The other radical thing about Christian love is that so we are called to love others as much as we love ourselves. Now, we might think, well, actually, I don't really think I love myself that much. Um, um, I've got a pretty low opinion of myself. Now, loving ourselves is not thinking, aren't I great? You know, I bet everybody else wished they were like me. Just look at me, how good I am at school and uh, at sport and, and music and, and art and everything, everything else. Um, look at me, look how many friends I've got. Now, a lot of us don't actually think like that, do we? But to love ourselves is actually just to think about our needs a lot of the time. You know, we make sure we look okay, that we've got um, decent clothes and a, and a good haircut. Well, some people do. Um, comfortable home, we're in good health, we've got money. But the more we think about ourselves and all these things, the less time we have to think about other people, haven't we? So to love others as much as ourselves is to think of all the things that we do to make our lives comfortable and to do the same for others. So if you think how much you enjoy having your friends, think about that person actually, maybe a little bit on the edge, she doesn't actually have any friends. Yeah, think about how you could help them. If you're really desperate for something to eat, some sweets or something, um, buy some sweets by all means, but why not share those with others around you? Think of all the effort you might go to, to fix something when it's wrong or go on the internet and surf the net to find out your answer. Um, 
think how you could help somebody else with the same problem. There's um, lots of people here in the church who do amazing amounts of work, our deacons and others, and uh, the work party was a great example of that. People who are sorting stuff out for the church, spending the time on that that they could be spending on their own problems at home, which seems to stack up. So there's great stuff going on in the church. That's a great example. But if you think how much time and energy we look, we put into looking into um, our own lives, there's probably still a huge untapped mine of love there waiting to come out. And if it did come out, then we, within the church, the people outside the church would really notice that, wouldn't they? We'd no longer be so critical of, of one another um, because we'd see each other as needy people like ourselves just needing help. There'll be less difference in Christian maturity because those who are mature would simply be helping the others to grow in their faith would come together and be more united. So in short, there'll be a real sense of God's love. It's great to be in this new building, isn't it? Just think of the uh, potential that we, we have for using it. But the temptation is to think, we've made it, we've arrived. Um, look at us. And there's a lot of churches who don't have a building. You know, think how we can maybe help, help others. So what have we learned then this morning? Well, first of all, love others as yourselves. But for that to be happen, we first need to be freed from worry, from guilt, from envy. And we can be freed from them if we accept the love of God. Galatians 5 starts with a great verse. Um, she might want to try and uh, memorise over this uh, coming, coming week. It is the freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, don't be slave again to all those things we've been talking about, that guilt, that envy, um, that worry. For most people, we saw in the video earlier on, most, for most people, love is about themselves when they're feeling great. But for Christians, it's about how much God has loved us and showing that same love to others. I'm going to finish by uh, putting up on the screen some familiar words from... Uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, what I'd like you to do is just have a moment of quiet. I'd like you to read through that on your own. I don't need to read it out loud. Read it through once. Then come back and read it through again. And when you read it through the second time, uh, just replace that word love, or it when it's referring to love, just replace it with your own name. So, for example, I'm trying to think of a name, nobody here. Bob is patient. Bob is kind. Bob does not envy. And just um, maybe let God speak to you. Is this is something that you feel quite uncomfortable with. Actually, I can't say, you know, Bob is patient because I'm not patient. And just pray to the Lord that he so fill you with his love that he would um, make you more patient in your love towards those around. So just a moment of quiet. Um, then I'll pray unless the, unless the organ next is a great group that need to get ready together. Just a moment of quiet then. And I'll close the moment um, with, with some prayer. Father, as we read this um, passage, we're aware that uh, we fail so much in each of these areas in many ways. So we're, we're not patient or kind. And we do envy. We do boast. We are proud. And we ask your forgiveness uh, but we don't live up to those standards you set. But we thank you that you have 
shown your love to us, that Jesus has died for us, that we can be forgiven, that he is the perfect one and your love is perfect. You love us as we are. Help us to know your love. Help us to be filled with your love. That it removes from us all that sense of guilt and and worry and envy that we trust in you for your love for us. And as we're filled with your love, Lord, help us to be overflowing in love for those around us. Help us to love them as we love ourselves. And may you transform this church into a loving church. In Jesus' name, amen.